Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix at Cinema, the podcast that today is obliged to sing it's coming home. It's oh coming home. It's coming. I had a, <laughs> I had a, I had a, a mini bus load of students, and I made the mistake of saying because I got like an auxiliary thing on the the radio. I said, yeah. "Well, if you want to put on some some music," so and that was what it was. So all the way to the cricket ground, they were singing, "We're coming home." But I, you've got to indulge them sometimes. They were having fun. You have to. And so, for those of you who do not know who we're, what we're talking about, there is a fair chance that you are not on the continent of Europe. If you do not know what we're talking about, that is because the Euro Championships, which have been going on for the last month, the Euro 2020 held in 2021 for obvious reasons, um, has reached its it's reached its final. We have the final, and England. England are finally <laughs> are finally made it through to the final or something, and the country is now drunk, or shall, or shall I say, the country is is surviving is waking up from a hangover that might last up until Sunday when the final is actually played. So, my name is Tosin. I am the host of Netflix as a cinema, and joining me as always on an island of the south coast of England called the Isle of Wight are Sharon, hello, and Sean. Oh yeah, yes, yes. Uh, so, Sean, I'm guessing that you watched the match last night. You all 120 bit, nerve yeah. shredding minutes of it. Yep, yep. Indeed, I did. Indeed, <laughs> I did. Why do we put it put ourselves through it? But yeah, no, I, I called it right. Actually, I, I called it right. I I said that I think it would go like that, be a bit of a nail biter. So you know that then Denmark would score first, then we and it would go to extra time, and then we yeah. we'd nick it. So yeah, I would just wish I had a bet on that. I never had a bet. I had a bet on that. It would have been a, probably would have yeah. been a quid. Yeah, that is. I was. I was. I had my whole plan. My whole plan was to go play tennis and just to ignore the match and everything like that. And then obviously, what happens is that we, to play tennis, you need other people to play tennis with. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. they all abandoned me because of the match. They're all like on your own. And then it started raining, so all I had to do is sit down at home, not watch the match, but still feel the tension for something I wasn't even watching. So. so it's, how about you, Sharon? What did you do while the match was on last night? How did you... I, what was your I solitude? I went to the cinema last night. Oh! I went at half past seven thinking... Because I, I do support England. Obviously, I want England to win. But I find it... I, it's just too tense for me when you get to these like quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. I just can't bear it. <laughs> um, but I, So what I tend to do is I keep myself busy and then I'll literally watch the last five minutes. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I was playing. So to do. I came home from the cinema and I put the television on and I watched, and it was in extra time. So I, I just watched the extra time bit. All right. Uh, but normally uh, I like to know the result rather than have to sit through an hour and a half of, of just going, no, don't do this again. Because I literally, I'm not interested in football at all. But even I, my interest is peaked when we start progressing up through the, the ranks. And so when we get to quarterfinal, that's when I sort of go, you know, oh, it's a, oh, oh, something. So it has it has final in the title. <laughs> something yeah. might happen here. But then I get too tense. I'm like, oh no, don't get interested just to see them lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. There's just whatever happens. There's just one more match. There's there's another. There's another. Well, let's let's put it this way. After three hours, after three three hours on Sunday. We will know what happens one way or another. We'll know what happens, yeah. and the country might be drunk for another year, or 
Either way, I think the country's going to be drunk for for a while. Either way, whichever way it goes, yeah, there's going to be. <laughs> there's going to be a hefty amount of drinking. We might make up for all the money that pubs have lost during the COVID, COVID pandemic this weekend. But anyway, um, let's carry on to films. We are obviously called Netflix versus Cinema. What we do each week is that we go to the cinema and we see things. We are allowed to do that now again. Yay. And we see things at home. We watch things at home and then we rate them out of five and we take uh, an average of the scores and see who has won this week. Where has our money been better spent? So, Sharon, you said you went to the cinema la- um, last night instead of watching England. What did you go see when you went to the cinema last night? I went to see Black Widow, uh, the much delayed marvel film all right cool yep okay so you saw black widow and i saw um i saw freaky that was i saw freaky on tuesday night and sean in keeping up keeping up to your (laughs) your reputation as mr beast mode on this podcast (laughs) what did you see this this week of the cinema i yeah i actually saw black widow and i saw freaky I, oh yeah, wow! So. Look at that. <laughs> Who would have thought it? Sean saw everything. <laughs> and when it goes to when it goes to stuff at home that we saw this week, um, well, what um, what did you guys see? Well, I saw. Um, uh, I watched. It was on the iPlayer because I happened to be somewhere else, and I so I, I didn't really have any streaming platform. So I looked on iPlayer, mm-hmm. and um, and I went through the, to the film section, flicked across, and thought I would watch the black and white the thing from another world Ooh. and mighty pleased i was Ooh, the thing from another world how about you sharon what did you what did you see i saw the latest release on amazon prime i saw the tomorrow war um, the tomorrow war which yeah. has been um advertised quite heavily all right cool and i saw the i saw um a film on amazon prime called i'm your woman which is one that i think sean you would like but um Ooh. but yeah, but um, I have been wrong before, but yeah. <laughs> but no, you've been. Uh, but then again, you've been right before. You've been right yeah. before as well. So yeah. So okay. Usually we we try and keep it even for cinema and keep it even for. We'll see how much uh, what we get up with this week, but uh, we'll try and keep it even. But seeing as cinema is dragging its feet and everybody's still running scared from the Fast and Furious Nine and not releasing any new films, um, we. I'm just gonna. We're just gonna go with the three things we have at home this week. But let's kick off. Let's kick off straight up. And now, um, let's kick off with Black Widow. Let's go with Black Widow because Black Widow is probably the big thing. It is the big one that that is being released. That's going to be out in cinemas this week. That everyone's going to be making a big hoopla about. As Sharon, as you said, it has been much delayed. So, you just want to tell us a little bit about Black Widow. The what is kicking off? What is being referred to as Phase Four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah, this you could almost call it the origin story of Black Widow, who is um, Natasha Romanoff is her name, and she's played by Scarlett Johansson. She's been in a lot of the, the, she was an Avenger, and it's been in a lot of the Avengers films where you've got the whole team. And then she was in like Captain America, Civil War, I believe. And so she is one of those periphery characters, and this is her first front and centre. So you see basically what made her the Black Widow and a Black Widow. Because and I didn't know this, but the Black Widows is a collective, a group of women who have been raised basically behind the Iron Curtain when there was such a thing by this shadow organisation called the Red Room, mm. where they train these young girls. They basically either they're orphans or they basically identify a certain talent amongst them and they, they claim them. 
and then they they train them to be undercover agents so they go into sleeper cells they go around the world they some of them are trained as assassins some of them are trained as as basically sort of deep cover agents so there's a group of these young women primarily called the black widows and natasha romanoff was one of those before she broke away and became an avenger and it doesn't quite give you that story of how she left the Black Widows. So you see a bit of her story and then they assume you know the bit in the middle. And then it jumps to the period of time between when there Captain was a civil, civil war, war going on. Civil War and, and then, Infinity War, I believe. Yes, and a bit before we had the whole Thanos yes, going yeah. on. And so, yes, you see that story and you meet her. Her family, they weren't her birth family. They were a family that she was planted with as a deep cover in America. Her father, who was a super soldier, the Russians, Russia's only super soldier. Her mother, her no, fake mother, was a a scientist. Yep. And she Played had by a Rachel Weiss. Played by Rachel Weiss, yes. The Red Guardian. <laughs> was played, by, played by David Harbour. And, and, then, and I believe her, her other sister, her, and her sister played by Florence, Florence Pugh. Pugh. Oh, so obviously yeah. with that, that is about the, that's about um, what we need with plot. I mean, it's a Marvel movie. So after a while, you're expecting things to blow up and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so Sean, we'll take for Florence Pugh as a jumping off point because you've already got, oh yeah, you love, your, yeah, but she's, you love she's, yourself some she's, Florence Pugh. Yeah, yeah, left. Florence so, Pugh can't do any wrong for me, I'm afraid. I mean, I, so, I think so, she's brilliant and everything. Okay, so so you both have seen this. So, Sean, what did you think about this? What did you think about this film? Sharon has given us the uh, ground, and now, Sean, give us the feelings. Uh, give us the emotion. <laughs> you, you really want to know? You really, really want to know? I okay, do really this goes down know. for me, personally, for the worst film in the whole of the Marvel. You, you know, I mean, I spoke to my friend about this. He goes, oh, no, Iron Man 2 was much worse. I said, no, this is the... He said, yeah, it's not that particular. So, yeah, for me, this film... Marvel have lost their way, I think, from a personal point of view, because they've gone stupid and they've tried to have funny bits, which aren't particularly funny or comedic, I don't think. And as I say, I've got a lot of issues with this. I, I, I like the way they, they related it to the other movies and you had the bit in there, but then it just got, there's like, that would, that thing would not, that there's particularly one, one sequence where it's like, why would you put that place? It's a bit like for me for Battle of the Planet of the Apes. It's just, and, and, uh, it's just no i can't believe that i can't believe that that's just i know it's fantastic and it looks good and you've got loads of effects and bangs and whooshes and all that yeah but, but, but marvel have always been good that even happened. though it's even though it's fantastic even within the world within that world things are still believable believable yeah yeah that's it and and this to me became a bit of a farce a bit of a parody if you like and i didn't find the bits that were trying to be funny particularly funny not nothing like thor ragnarok which was absolutely brilliant this was trying it had moments um didn't particularly wasn't so keen on the red guardian i just i, I don't know the whole to me this is the worst film of the the marvel marvel series of movies i'm afraid okay so, yeah so all right so uh, yeah so that surprises people i think oh no, no actually uh, to be honest with you sean i was expecting something a little bit like that from you <laughs> but <laughs> cheryl what do you think i have to agree with sean to be honest with you I got to the point where I was thinking, I don't think this film adds anything to mm -hmm. the Marvel canon. I think it's one of those ones, as it's like a side shoot, I think you could quite easily not watch it because it don't, I don't think it progressed the actual storyline or the whole 
the canon. I don't think it progressed. It didn't add anything to it for me. And again, I think I'm not as picky about Sean about, but there's some scenes where I'm thinking, I just don't believe this. Mm, yeah. <laughs> as in, to me, it was just, it wasn't credible. Because often you get these, when there's like these are superhumans, you think, yeah, they can do these amazing, incredible things. And there's a reason for that. But then the whole point of these, like these Red Widows are not super. They're not superhuman. They haven't been given this magic serum. These are just like highly trained individuals. But even a highly trained individual is not bulletproof. They're not. They can't divide gravity. They can't. That's it. Can't fall know, like five five thousand things and hit everything on the way down and then get up and fight. It's just you know, yeah. And they get up and walk away without a thing. So yeah. I I described it to my friend who asked me. I said, as an action film, you describe it as sort of adequate. Yep. Because there's, there's high kicking, there's car chases, there's fighting, there's girls running around in tight leather clothes if that's your bag. <laughs> um, and there's, you know, a bad guy that you want to hiss when he comes on screen. But <laughs> it's adequate as an action film. But as part of the canon of Marvel, I thought it was basically quite lacking. And to me, it didn't add anything. I didn't feel like I was any more closer to understanding her motivation or her or understanding anything more about Black Widow at the end of this film than I did before it, really. I didn't feel I was any closer to her. And I didn't feel, because we know how... Well, well yeah, essentially... How uh, her story uh, for, ends. In case for... Well, okay, we're trying to be kind to anybody who has avoided watching Avengers Endgame. But this is pretty much... This is pretty much going to be the last film that we should be seeing um, Scarlett Johansson in as Natasha Romanoff. So it's kind of like a goodbye to the character. Unless, of course, there's some stuff happening in the TV show Loki that might mess that whole thing up. But, um, okay. <laughs> but okay, so okay, so how many stars would you guys give it? I'd give it a kind three. And I'd probably, I would have to agree. I'd give it a give it a three. Because, yep. But it was just, it just, you know, you know, it wasn't. But for me, it's a low three. But you, you explained that much better than me, Sharon. Exactly yep. right. It's not part of the Marvel canon. Well, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, this is this is the thing I always worried about with this film, I, 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 and I think I mentioned this last week, so I won't go too much over it again. I was just like, why is this film here? <laughs> and it and it seems like there were just a lot of people who wanted to see it, whether it was a good idea or not, and I I wasn't sure that there was a good storytelling reason for the film to exist. But anyway, let us carry on. And Sean, you want to tell us you you were sounding really happy about the thing from another world. Oh and the yeah, fact that you wanted to catch this. So talk yeah. to us about the thing from another world. That is. <laughs> That is that is a title that even if you haven't seen the film, you might be aware of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this film, it's an old black and white film, which obviously we know about John Carpenter's thing. So anyway, this film, I mean, I saw it years ago. And I seem to remember I, I, I really enjoyed it. But I'd forgotten actually how absolutely brilliant this movie is. It is absolutely first class because you know how, how I like plots to be right in that. It's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. fully, fully explained. It's like, so they say about, oh, we've only got the fuel to go this far. Oh, there's there's this this front coming in. So we need to, everything is just like explained. And it's like, oh, you need to make sure, you know, just save the thing. And then uh, people are getting killed and they get a message, say, we're not going to get there, protect all human life. And it just, it just works so well. And um, so basically, I better tell you the story, I suppose. Yeah, well, but, what I was going to ask you, so, okay, the, so this was remade by john carpenter yes. as the as the thing, thing. the mm-hmm. kurt russell movie and we know that that's like people at some ah at some polar uh, science yeah. outpost where this alien comes in and starts mimicking people mm-hmm. and killing picking them off one by one so it's kind of like a sci-fi horror movie how is. similar is the thing from another world to the thing the thing 
well, the sets are almost identical. You've got All the right. dogs, things in it. Yeah, the sets, because I, I was looking, I thought, and what would be really, really good was to see this as a double bill, to see the thing from another world and then the thing, because even the titles are the same where it goes, and, and like the thing appears. And it's like, I know, although the titles are black and white, so I was like really, really excited. They've got the, the outhouses that look exactly the same. They've got the running boards. They've got, and the bit where, in, you know, with the dogs, when, when the dogs get killed, it doesn't get taken over like it does in the alien, but it gets killed and then they find this blood and they grow the things and it's like, yeah. oh yeah, and you, you know, the mad scientist bit. But it's just, so yeah, so it is, you can understand why John Carpenter must have wanted to make the thing because it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's exactly that. This thing in the ice basically starts off, they get this, there's this aircraft, so it's, it's a bunch of aircraft people and they fly out, they say, well, this thing's landed. We've got, we've got lots of magnetic fields coming in on that. Can you go there? So they go to the base and then they say, oh, we'll go out to the crash site. Um, and they, they, they find this, they find this block of block of ice with, with something inside. So they take that back. They leave someone to look after it. Obviously the ice mounts and this thing, whatever it is, gets away. And then you've got a lot of tension and things. So, I mean, it's just absolute, but I just, oh, I can't say enough so, about this, really. Okay, so, so what is it? Is it because everything is? It seems to me like uh, okay, it's an old black and white movie. Do you know yeah, what year yeah. it was made? Fifteen, nineteen fifty, something like that. 15, so, would, so for me, I'm thinking that the that what would make this film would be the claustrophobia, the sort of like tension and all that, and just sort of sustained tension throughout the run. Is it? Is it? Is that what what makes this film so good? Yeah, there's the, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a lot of tension in it, um, and you've just got the the. You've got all the characters, you know, you've got the the super, like, you know, the, the, the pilot who's like the hero. Oh, yeah. And I was going to say as well, now Assault on Precinct 13, right? Yep. In, in Assault on Precinct 13, the girls wear this roll neck jumper with a belt round. Yeah. Yep. And they, there's obviously this girl at the base and she is wearing exactly the same. And I'm like, it's black and white, so it's black and white. But the roll neck, the, the polo neck shirt with the thing, I thought, John Carpenter, you've taken the girls, and that's because you. Do you remember? Toast? Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember, yeah, remember the, the girls the... have got that the roll necks, you know, the the the, the polo necks with or yeah. roll necks with the the tur- the sort of turtleneck yeah. like, turtleneck uh, oh, woolen jumper, yeah. Oh my god, that's exactly, and they look look identical to like the how Laurie Zimmer and the other one are in in Assault on Precinct Thirteen. So. It must have had a, a, a huge impact on John Carpenter. Yeah. And as I say, the thing that really did it for me, all right, the effects, I mean, it's, it's, it's a man in a suit, obviously, but it's just that everything is so well explained, why they do stuff. You know, this is the reason why, this is what's going to happen, this is what we need to do, this is, you know, okay, you go over there, you do this, and it's all like worked out well and i thought yeah that's exactly what i would do if i was in a situation like this and this thing had escaped and it had killed some dogs and these things were growing this is exactly what you do you, you try and contain it so you sort of lock it in a place and then you try and get the way that they're gonna the only yeah. way they can obviously you know that they work out what, what can destroy it because obviously bullets don't don't kill it bullets won't kill it so they have well, to work out yeah I have to admit, I am a fan of when there were restrictions. Like, there wasn't CGI. There wasn't anything yeah. like that. So what you had to focus on was story. Story, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I think it's, there. there are some, like, I know even Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg, he said that 
he's uh, when he directed Jaws, he said that he was actually really, really thankful for the restrictions that he had. The fact that he didn't have CGI then, and the fact that the shark yeah. didn't work, because when the shark <laughs> didn't work, it, it it caused it forced him to have to be inventive with all these different ways. And he was like, "Yeah, I was a twenty-something-year-old filmmaker. If I had CGI, that shark would have been all over the place. It would have ruined yeah. the film." And he, yeah, and he yeah, thinks yeah. that, and I think in the 50s when they didn't have that much they had all these fantastical ideas and because they didn't have stuff to make them look believable on screen they had to focus on the story and yeah. that's a, probably a simplistic and a, a horribly rose-tinted romantic way of looking at things but I, I am a fan of that so Sean if I dare ask how many stars would you give The Thing from Another World well I mean to, to me it's a perfect film to me it's a perfect I'd forgotten how perfect it is so being as it's a perfect film, I'm going to have to give this one a five. And it's going to be wow. right up there in my my big films. And as I say, this is a second view. And I saw it years ago. And I remember it had an impression. But I just actually didn't realise quite how good it was. And the thing was, what was really funny as well, I mentioned this to a chap at work. And he goes, I watched that. I was in bed. And I was having a look to see what was on. And I thought, oh, I watched that. He said, oh, it's good, wasn't it? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. So I'll have to, have, I'll have to go dig that out on BBC iPlayer. Um, so now we're going to go back to cinema. So, oh yeah, ooh, ooh, Netflix and Friends and its archive and ooh, punching, punching above the weight today. So, okay, <laughs> so we go back to cinema and this is a film called Freaky. And it's a film, this is the only film that I saw this week. It, this stars Vince Vaughn as the blissfield butcher and Catherine Newton as a young teenage girl. And so much, so, uh, and seen, and that's pretty much, her character description young teenage girl because <laughs> because this is uh, one of those slasher movies it's one of those slasher movies that kicks off and it kicks off with people you have four teens who are all in a house a big mansion at night by themselves guess what's going to happen Tell, <laughs> telling stories about the blissful butcher and people going oh that isn't really real there's no real thing yeah it's just a urban myth people made up but he comes out every night or he comes around every year around homecoming and guess what's around the corner homecoming and all that and obviously once you have this film, this film doesn't try and hide what it is. It's a slasher movie. It's a slasher movie that has, uh, and you have four young teens. There's all the hallmarks that, okay, they're, they're going to get picked up one by one. Two of them have sex. What? <laughs> and I think the film starts off quite brutally because the mm. kills are quite brutal and quite graphic in what actually happens in them. And it, it, it's one of these things that makes me realize I'm growing older because I was watching it going, is this necessary? Do we? Uh, I, I'm not a fan of slasher movies in the, at the best of times, but the way they go through this, I'm like, why? Because in slasher movies, from what I understand, the kills are a big thing. They're like a stunt, and people go, "Oh, the kills were really, really good." And I think there's something a bit perverse about that. That what you're really looking for is to the kills. Let's see how they're going to kill people. Oh, that kill wasn't good enough. It wasn't inventive enough. And I'm thinking that. There's something wrong with that. So, so anyway, so these kills happen, but then the, you get to the real meat of the film, which is that the when he kills this the, these teenagers, he picks up a knife and he tries to kill another teenager who is played by Catherine Newton. But something goes wrong, and because of story reasons, they swap bodies, and then the film becomes like a horror comedy thing where you have a serial killer running around in the body of a seventeen-year-old girl, and Vince Vaughn, who's a six-foot who's six foot hulk of a serial killer what but, but there's a there's a there's a teenage girl within Vince Vaughn's body so it's Vince Vaughn running around for the film acting like a teenage girl trying to get his body back 
or and everybody looking going, oh my god it's the butcher <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff that's happening and that's essentially the central premise that's the that's the one joke of the film that they stretch out over an hour and a half sean what did you think okay yeah um, i mean i agree with you the I think I think the slashery bits and also the the bits in the middle, the other kills, which are yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, a bit extreme, I think were put in there to I don't know to to make the film what it was because they were a little bit overdone, weren't they? They were a little bit. I, I, I thought I thought they were unnecessarily <laughs> overdone. They, yeah, there were yeah, uh, yeah. some characters that they show up and they they give you like, <laughs> oh, this 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 teacher in this class, he's played by Alan Ruck. He was mean to her. Guess what's going to happen to him? Yeah, he was mean, and therefore it, it's 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 justifiable that this happens to him. And, yeah. and, oh my god, it's gruesome. I, I, oh, it's like oh this this person th- this this teenager is a is a high school jock and is really really misogynistic I, guess what's I gonna happen to him <laughs> <laughs> i did I, I must admit i did i did quite enjoy the um the the, the running that vince Bourne did when he, was running, <laughs> when he was running along that was that was that was that was that was he did that really really well because i mean i toes i didn't realize how big a bloke he was yeah, i mean vince i know Bourne there was a huge. film right so he's, he's huge isn't he he is huge he's, he's a Bourne monster <laughs> um but yeah and so yeah i love I, I and i i thought that part of it was 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 quite quite good i, was I, quite, I, I think you know, not triply good but it was just the way he was like there's some there's some really subversive bits there's yeah there's some really subversive bits like <laughs> wait wait you have vince vaughn who is in this film looks like you know like a michael myers type of person in yeah. or like oh like a freddy krueger type person there's bits of him like when he runs when he runs he runs like he runs like well, like a teenage girl, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's bits where he has to try and convince her friends that it's it, that it's him, and he does this whole dance thing where he's shaking his bum and all that. <laughs> and there are bits of it that quite. There's a bit where because obviously it's a slasher movie, but at the same time it's a teenage sort of slash type of rom com, and there's a guy who she kind of likes, and she never she never gets to tell the guy that she actually likes her likes him until she's in Vince Vaughn's body. And so you have quite <laughs> you have quite a funny scene in the back of a car with this guy <laughs> saying that he likes the girl as well, only that it's Vince Vaughn acting opposite a teenage boy and it's and it's and it's quite it it's it's the way they play it, it's quite a funny scene because it plays with your expectations of what you what you want. So there are funny bits in it. Mm. There's just I- and I think she played. I think the teenager played. Yeah, Catherine played Newton. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. She played it quite well. It was like quite clever, calculated. You know, especially when it, it came to the places where she needed to play the teenage innocent. So yes, I yes. thought she. And then and she did look quite menacing as well. Reminded yeah. me of reminded me of Terminator Three. I don't know with the. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, some of the movement. Some of the movement. Yeah, I see. I see. I see that with it. Mm. So, so I think it, th- there's bits in it where it is. It's quite funny. There's the bits where it's brutal. It's brutal. I think it's it's oh good lord. It it's it's brutal. And all in all, I think it's it's quite fun. I it it, it kind of knows it only has one joke. The film yeah. knows it only has one, and so it doesn't try and stretch it out. It's I think it's probably about ninety minutes at at most. Uh, yeah. the length of the film. So I, I would give it a three, but I think some of that might be me growing a bit older and going, oh, why do you have to kill them? <laughs> why? And also, hang on a second, you kill all these people and nobody seems to care. Like once it gets into the school, the high school bit of the film, 
Nobody mentions the fact that we found somebody sewn in half. Yeah. Nobody yeah. mentions the fact that we found somebody who has been frozen. And by the way, why did they have that in the school? A cryo chamber that can freeze, yeah. that can go to like, you know, minus 300 degrees. And so if somebody falls out of it and breaks into pieces, why is that in the school? And also the whole idea that, oh, this person is a mean girl, therefore she deserves to die. This person, <laughs> he deserves to die. I'm like, uh, I'm not sure what you're saying here. So I'll probably give it a three. I don't know about you, Sean. I think I'd probably agree with you on that toast. It wasn't, you know, it was, it had moments, kept me entertained to a degree. But yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm totally with you all the way on that. That's, that's, that's a three star. Yep, yep, cool. Good stuff. Hey, I just, just one final thing on Freaky. I think I figured out, I put my finger on what it is that was bothering me about Freaky. Is that you have on one hand, on one hand, there's things in it you're supposed to laugh at. There's definitely things you're supposed to laugh at in the film, and there's things in it that are funny. But on the other hand, you have these extremely brutal murders that happen. Mm. And it's almost as if it's, for me, the shift between horrible, graphic, brutal, almost glorifyingly brutal thing that we've, that we've witnessed, and then you're supposed to laugh. It doesn't, it's, too, it's too much of a, it's too much yeah, of a gear change. It's almost as if you're supposed to laugh at the way these people are getting killed. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I cannot do that. What you've just done with that wine bottle, there's no way I'm laughing at it. What you've just done with that toilet seat with that girl's head, no way I'm laughing at it. <laughs> and, but anyway, uh, moving on. So let's move back to Netflix and Friends. And Sharon, you have The Tomorrow War for us. So you just want to tell us a little bit about The Tomorrow War. Yeah, this is a film that's been promoted quite heavily. I've seen it on Facebook a lot and I've, and it's popped up on my sort of banner film on Amazon Prime. It's basically a Chris Pratt film where he it's set in the future, the near future, apparently. Um, but obviously they hadn't foreseen COVID because it's not mentioned anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in the future. And this um, Chris Pratt plays a character who had been a Marine and in the army, but he's now left the army and he used his soldier's grant or whatever they call it in America. I'm sorry for our America viewer listeners. Um, and to, to, to go and play himself through university and he's now a teacher in a high school. And then during the World Cup final, I know there's a certain irony in that, um, whilst the whole world is watching, um, this strange event happens and basically people from the future appear in the middle of the football pitch and all the players are left running screaming um, and they say in the future humanity is going to be near wiped out we are down to our last 500,000 people on the whole planet there we are fighting an alien invader and we need your help we have found a way of transporting between the two points in time these two fixed points in time this year and this future year in 30 years time and we need your soldiers to come and help us fight and basically that's what people do and there's certain qualifications for going through into the future i won't tell you here because that's a little bit of a spoiler but there are certain qualifications for you and if you do qualify then you can be drafted and you get fitted with like a cuff um, that basically will will track your every movement and it tracks your biorhythms and everything going on about you um, but if you try to take, take it off or try to escape, then they're all penalties. And so basically no one in the world is exempt from this potential draft. The whole world is united in helping our future selves. And Chris Pratt is one of these people who ends up being drafted. And you see him in his life before he goes through and then you see him as he is sucked through in this sort of time mm. thing 
into the future to fight these alien invaders, which he does. All right, cool. So, so, so far, so kind of full metal jacket with sci-fi twist. Um, <laughs> any good? There are some good moments in it. I have to say, I had, I did a bit of the old Sean when I was watching this one, and there are certain key elements where they, they just happened to introduce certain elements like um, someone's really interested in developing viruses from a young age. They're like, hey, I'm going to develop viruses. Oh, I just might happen to need that later on in the film. And then <laughs> someone has got this passionate hobby where my interest just happens to be this thing. And it's like later on in the film, you know, that thing is really handy right now. <laughs> and so all the way through the beginning, you get like they keep dropping these like breadcrumbs that later on the sort of crows from the future come back and pick up. And like, oh, it just happens. I'm glad you left that here because I'm going <laughs> to need that. And it happened about three or four times where you're thinking, now that's handy, isn't it? That you just happen to know someone who can do all those things that you need. And so I got to the point halfway through the film thinking, I'm turning into Sean. <laughs> it's contagious. It is contagious. There are certain elements. It was entertaining. I mean, the creatures were done quite well. The fighting was done quite well. And then they sort of don't do a twist at the end, but they do like a where you think this is the end of the film, then they go, ha ha, fooled you. We're going to keep going. And then the story's going to go for another half an hour. And so they have some elements in it that were good, but some of it and, I was and, thinking... And let me guess, this sounds to me like this is, go this is going to be one of those films that ends in sequel bait. Um, it's possible. Okay, it's possible. all right. Okay, cool. They don't make it obvious then. Okay, that, that's good. I, I, um, I'll accept that. <laughs> I, I think... Sharon, you explained that brilliantly. I was mesmerised by that that sort of analogy of like, well, you know, it's just about convenience thing. It was a bit like we spoke the other week about the quiet place, you know, about just quiet was lucky, a quiet place too. It was just lucky yeah. that you know someone happened yeah, yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what I mean? That, that, like, that particular bit of sign language. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I mean, you know, it's uh, that. That's a shame, really. I think when it comes to that, but it sounds like the action was quite good from what you were saying. Yes, I mean they they did the um they had elements of. Well, because I quite liked it. Um, Invasion Los Angeles. It had elements of that because uh -huh. they're fighting through like real scenery and through scenes, and you suddenly get this. Um, but some of the story just did not make sense to me at all. I have to say, um, except for this, the whole bit about bringing people from the past to take them into the future to fight, um, and then you before you see them go, they have like no training. They're like you have to go for seven days, and you've got to go like tomorrow, and you think, and they get basically the most basic like this is how you load a gun this is how you fire a gun and that's it and then they say you know what only sort of three out of ten people come back it's like no kidding you, <laughs> they're, they're cannon fodder <laughs> why would you do that why would you throw away tens of thousands of lives for, for, and they said oh, oh we don't train you because there's no point well, if there's no point, why send why, them? Why to, yeah, yeah. Start. So, so, so what you just said that it makes me it makes me think like you know it's going to end up in a soylent green kind of way. It's, it's people, it's people. Yeah. yeah. So some of it, I was thinking, well, if you know that there's no point, you can't fight these aliens in the in the well, conventional. Well, surely, surely, why are you throwing thousands yeah. of troops at them in the same old conventional way? Couldn't you it just, just go no back? Sense. Can you get something? Go back. If you got time travel, couldn't you just go back to just before the aliens arrived and like. 
you know, get it already uh, so no, when no, they no, land, they can no, no, sure, Sean, even in what in what Sharon said, I, I, I heard how they have got gotten themselves out of that because oh, right, there are okay. these there are these two fixed points that we can travel back and forth between. Oh right, so okay. That's whatever lucky. point in the future they come from and the and the World Cup final. The, oh, right. two, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, I see, see it. They, they've already they've already gone okay, cool. Right, I missed that one. They've gone people like you, Sean, who are gonna come in. Oh you smart Alex. No, that's off the table. Now <laughs> I just I just say you have to watch half an hour of the film Sean and you probably could write the rest of it. Right, okay, cool, thanks. The very end, I thought, was quite interesting. I thought, no, they've done that not too badly. But again, I thought in some ways it was just, it made no sense, it was predictable and it was very convenient. But saying that, it wasn't a hideous ordeal of a film. I mean, Mm. um, what they did, they did, you know, they did it okay. (laughs) All right, so how many stars stars would you give this okay film? I would give it a three then, basically. It was our favourite rating. I mean, if you go by the one, it sucks. Two, it's okay. Three, it's, you know, it's, it's good. Four, I really liked it. Five, I thought it was amazing. If you yeah. do that, I'd probably go, it was like a two stroke three. Mm. Because I liked it and it was, you know, it was okay and I sort of liked it. So I would say it qualifies as a, as a, as a three. As an okay film, a bit like our Black Widows, I guess. Yeah, but I would say yeah. there's enough about it to go, oh, for goodness sake. Okay, so, so if we're going to go proper Netflix cinema style, if you said Black Widow or The Tomorrow War, which one would you take? Uh, uh, for for more, being more entertaining, I'd probably go um, Tomorrow War. Oh, oh, good Lord. Oh, that's nice. bad. Okay, <laughs> because that's because tomorrow the tomorrow war. It, it's it sounds like everything I heard about it. It made me think this is this runs a massive risk of being incredibly incredibly generic. Incre- uh, oh, it will be forgotten completely within a couple of years. Yeah, it'll be oh, one uh, of those science fiction films that they'll that will appear on a television channel in fifty years time. But you know, but you know, they made this sort of thing fifty years ago. Well, well the thing is completely forgotten. Well, things you say a couple of years, but I think now with the rate at which they're churning things out on streaming platforms, yeah. it's going to be forgotten in a week. It's <laughs> yeah, it'll be gone. But they're I think not... it's it will be one of those ones. It's like entertaining, but it's completely forgettable. Yeah, give it a little bit of time, and we will forget it even happened. All right, cool. Okay, and so that's it. We have a two from cinema. We have a two from Netflix, and now we have a bonus one from from Netflix and Friends, which I'm going to bring. And this is the film I said. Uh, it's I'm, it's called I'm Your Woman. And I think, Sean, you uh, you like this, but let me tell you why I think you like this. <laughs> so this film stars Rachel Brosnan, who, if anybody knows, um, if you, the people, there's a show called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is an Amazon Prime, and she's the star of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She is, I think she's, I rate her highly. I think she's a brilliant, brilliant actress. Um, so Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is set in the 50s going into the 60s. And this film, I'm Your Woman, goes into Sean's favorite decade, the 70s. Ooh, the 1970s. <laughs> Wow. So, so I would like you to think. Think about your best crime movie in the seventies. A crime movie that you like. You know what it's like. You know, a guy goes up and he does a job, and then something goes wrong, and then he has to go on a he has to go on a run, and then the whole criminal thing starts falling down on him, and it becomes like the error of your ways of being a criminal, all that kind of stuff. Now, imagine that film, but imagine that you know the gangster in those films always had a woman at home, and always had a woman at home that just sort of like uh, was kind of scenery almost that. But imagine yeah, they had that film. Candy. But right, the entire okay. film, you stayed with the woman. Oh wow! And that is that's essentially what I'm your woman is. So it starts off with her, and she sat at home, and she sort of dressed up all kind of like you know, like uh, 
glamorous. That's the word I'm looking for. She's gl- just a sort of glamour person. You have she has the fact that she she stays with Eddie, and they talk. She talks about the fact that they met, they got married, they tried to have kids, they couldn't have kids, and then one day Eddie shows up with a kid, and she's like, "Who's that? Who's that baby?" He's like, "That's our child," and she's like, "But." what do you mean he's like this is your child you're going to take care of it because because they can have babies they've had a couple of miscarriages and eddie just gives it this and so there's all these things that get dropped that make you think this eddie guy might be a little bit dodgy <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then one day he leaves the home and he's like don't worry i'll be back later as usual and she gets woken up in the middle of the night by one of eddie's friends who just sort of says you've got to go you've got to go now goes to the cupboard brings out a bag shoves a whole bunch of money like uh, you know like just sort of like paper money into this bag gives it to her says take the kid and takes it outside introduces her to this guy called cal says this is cal go with him do what he tells you that's and it's like what about eddie don't worry about eddie right now go with him do what he tells you and so all the throughout this film you're following her she's being moved around and because she's never really done anything for herself she, they have the whole thing like she can't cook she can't cook properly she can't look herself <laughs> properly she can she can barely drive because eddie never let her drive and so you have her kind of go what the hell's going on and you have the idea that this other film that would usually be made in the 70s is happening somewhere in the background while she's trying to figure out what the hell is going on <laughs> she's trying to figure out what the hell is going on so i think um as to how i authentic the costumes are or the driving is or the anything like that or the cars are sean you're gonna to have to watch it and you're gonna to have to tell okay. me because cool. because it's uh, but it, it to me it looks very authentically 70s and there's there's bits where they bring other characters in and you start you start realizing okay this there's a there's a past that her husband had that she never really knew about that she never really asked about and she start and her husband's past up intersects with where she is right and where she's trying to find out what happened and so i don't want to tell you much because it becomes a bit of a it's, it becomes like a bit of a mystery where she's trying to figure out what the hell's going on but being done by an inept detective who has never really had to do anything for herself before <laughs> in the past and oh, and so i i quite liked it there were uh, no i really liked it there were um uh, i think the performances are brilliant from uh, from rachel brosnan and arinze kenne who plays cal i think the, and then there's other characters who show up later there's some shootouts there's 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 scenes in it there's one scene that i was trying to figure out is that one of those convenient things or would that actually happen and it all goes around how useless people thought women were in the 70s like if somebody is thinks that a woman is really really useless will he let his guard his guard down that much because he thinks she's no threat and i i've decided to allow it <laughs> i've decided to allow it but <clears throat> but sean if you uh, if you can see i'm your woman i, I would will, love yeah, I- I would love to see what you think about it because I think the 70s setting, the fact it is, and the fact that it tells pretty much a crime grown wrong story, but from a perspective that we haven't really seen before. It, it has some similarities to something like Widows, only that this person is a lot less competent than the women in Widows. Yeah. I think so, I think gangsters' moles generally are quite quite dizzy, aren't they? There's, there's well, yeah, and, and this is this is essentially that's essentially what she is. She's yeah. kind of like you know the whole thing is like oh I know Eddie does some things that maybe no, they might not be that good or anything like that, but I never ask, so I don't really know where we yeah. get all these nice things from. That, that's that's the way she starts off at the beginning of the film, and there is a reading of the film that is all about oh her you know coming up and grabbing her independence and i don't think that that is that is in the background if 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 at all it's in the background yeah it's it's a lot more about almost sort of survival in this crazy situation that she finds in i thought it was really good i'll give it a four out of five brilliant yeah 
So uh, that is four stars for Rachel Brosnan, and I'm your woman. <sighs> Should we bother asking who won this week? <laughs> I, I, I think we probably know, don't we? <laughs> yes, 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 we know, we know. Cin- uh, cinema's back, and cinema's giving us some nice, good, well, it's all right, it's all right, threes, but we are finding some gems, we're finding some gems, it seems, on, um, on at home. I mean, the, and this is one of the things that I think when, when we think about cin- Netflix cinema, because Netflix can just go shoving a classic that maybe you've yeah. never seen. Like, for instance, you're talking about John Carpenter. I've actually had a, I have a raft of things to talk about Netflix that I have seen. I saw They Live for the first time oh, last oh, week. Oh, right. Okay. That's, yeah. that is, that's, that's interesting. I'd yeah. love to know what you think about that. Yeah, yeah, Rowdy Roddy Piper. So, Rowdy <laughs> Roddy Piper, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, so yeah, so I saw they live for the first time. And obviously, with those, you, you have you have a there's there. I think that there's a more there's a better chance of finding something good on Netflix than there is on cinema. But I think we shall continue with our theme because we shall continue with our central premise because it keeps us watching movies. That's it. So, and I think I think there I think we are going to be in for some some decent stuff. I hope so. We got loads, haven't we? We got June. Yep, and, I think it's beginning to pick up now, isn't it? Yeah, the cinema definitely. Yeah. I've noticed the, the 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 screens are. I have got different films on in them. Yes, <laughs> one film that's on yeah. four different screens. But, but they they are bringing some classics back. I mean, I think I think Casablanca was in my local cinema recently. I think there's the there was there was another one. I can't remember where it was. I know Jurassic Park came back, and oh, well, never mind. Yeah. I but actually anyway. do like those ones. Films you never saw at the cinema potentially. It's like it's nice. My uh, when Medina Theatre, which is the local theatre on the island, be- between the gap when our old cinema closed and they built Cineworld, there was the only cinema on the island was at Medina Theatre, and they did a mm. film show once a week. And they would they used to show classic films. I went to see things like West Side Story there because you've mm. never seen them at the cinema, and so it was great. I loved it. So yeah, yeah it'd be nice to see some of those those films. You know. Uh, yeah, Venus, I would love to see those. However, I have one film a week to see. So, <laughs> and so as much as I'm like, oh, we're we still going to see that on the big screen. I'm like, no, I've got to watch something new. I, on, on Thursday the 29th, there is, um, I know it's a special thing, but at the cinema, they've got the, they got the Sparks movie about the, the band. Sparks. Oh, yeah, the band so, by, by so, Edgar Wright. So that Thursday will probably be, um, yeah, so Edgar Wright, Baby Driver, you know, the. Uh, um, so yeah, so and I mean I love Sparks anyway. They're they're terrific, but it is you have got to pay an extra ten pound even though you have got an unlimited card. Ooh. So it's a special Ooh. one. I know that's Ooh. harsh, isn't it? But so chances I, are I, probably will. Pardon? I, I think it's harsh, but then again, I'm tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that's so a yeah, I'll probably chances a, chan- a man. chances are probably I'll probably be the only one in there. <laughs> okay. I, I all right cool but anyway until that until next week when we will see some things and we will come and tell you about them it's a goodbye from me goodbye for me and it's a goodbye from me oh and also by then we'll know exactly why the country is getting drunk oh yeah Uh, by by this time next we will know why the country is getting drunk all right cool uh goodbye (laughs) so i